episode 141 of the Two Guys, a Glove, and a Coke Bottle podcast. He's Thomas Todd. He's Danny Zarchi. And we're Giants fans, and this is a, a good time to be a Giants fan, Thomas. Welcome back. We look like absolute front runners right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we we started this podcast as front runners, and then you know we kept going when they were bad, but we're bringing it back now because we are once again front runners. Win a title, start a podcast, win two more titles, drop the podcast. <laughs> I guess that's what was wrong. Yeah, You're this is the, uh, yeah, no, it's not Taylor Swift, it's us. We we are the ones who affect the Giants, uh, the Giants' success or failure. I still remember getting a note in 2012 from a listener who was like, hey, where are all of your episodes? The Giants are in the NLCS. You should be going daily by now. Well, we have lives, <laughs> sir. Thank you very much. I mean, we certainly did by that point. I'm not sure we really did in 2010, which would explain a lot. That's true. Well, we, we'd at least made some progress by then. Yeah. So here we are. It's June 7th as we record this. Today's the, the, the off day apocalypse. I don't really know why every single team in baseball decided to take today off, but there are like three games happening total. They didn't put um, in PTO, Danny. Like they didn't all of a sudden <laughs> decide to take the day off. Well, I know, lunch. but I mean, I know, but you see Mondays that are, you know, often lighter days on the schedule, but you don't see six teams playing and 24 teams not playing very often this this is a very light day i believe it's covid related because they needed days for makeup games for example it was sense. a marlins red sox game that was made up today so okay well it's, see here you come with like actual facts and logic and i don't appreciate that let's just go back to thomas and danny speculate about baseball done all right, so we're back. Uh, like I said, it's June 7th. Uh, Thomas, can you name the last time we recorded? Like roughly time, roughly the date, do you know, off the top of your head? I'm I would say I, around last June. Okay, we did record in August 2020. Wow, no, no memory. Yeah, uh, August 2020, before that July 2020, before that June. So last year we were doing like one a month um during the uh covid shortened season and before that 2017 the long lost drunk episode i remember the drunk episode you just moved into your house <laughs> so anyway here we are the year is 2021 the cars they're flying thomas and danny living on opposite ends of the country um and the giants are in first place which of those is the weirdest thing to happen uh the fact that i'm in a fifth floor walk-up apartment in new york city sweating on a rainy day that's the weirdest part of this whole thing and uh is walk up just a fancy word for no elevator correct okay <laughs> and what city are you in new york city yeah and you're the only person in the world who hates new york city other than the yankees the yankees hate new york city. i don't know they they must that's the other weird thing about about this year is the yankees are bad who knew the Yankees are bad, and neither LeBron nor Steph is going to be in the NBA championship. It's like, this is a strange year. That's true. That's true. Well, we're happy that we just took three or four from the Cubs. The Giants have the best winning percentage in baseball. The Red Sox have one more win. Um, the Giants are top five in run differential. We're two games up on the Padres pending tonight's results and three games up on the Dodgers. And I'm riding high. Oh, yeah. This is a good team. I mean, I know that I'm Mr. Optimist, but... You look at what 
this team is putting out. And this is all the handiwork of Farhan Zaidi, right? He just, he put together a first place team with uh, duct tape and, you know, elbow grease. Like who would have thought that this group of guys would do this? Now, let, let me ask you this. Who's been your favorite under the radar pickup who's, let's say overperformed or at least performed really well this year? Uh, Di Sclafani, probably. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, Tony D, Tony Disco, as we call him, uh, got a 351 ERA, 5-2 and two, uh, record on the year. Um, so, you know, he's been a good innings eater. He got a lot of strikeouts. Um, again, not, you know, an ace of the staff, but this is what we didn't have last year where guys who could come in, or this is what we didn't have kind of pre Farhan or guys who could come in and be good, you know, be, be above average uh, on a regular basis, even if they weren't world beaters. Yeah. The depth, you got to give credit to Farhan in the front office for creating depth because in a season where everyone on every team is injured all the time, the giants haven't lost a lot of production, you know, with Donovan Solano out with every first baseman on the roster out. Uh, They haven't really sunk at all in any of those categories. But you cannot give Farhan credit for incredible things happening, like the oldest players on the roster turning back the clock into their younger selves. That you have to give credit to Gabe Kapler and his staff and working with those guys to get them back on the right track. And boy, are they. Longo, Crawford, Posey, just tearing the cover off the ball. That's, I mean, yes, like we don't really know kind of what, is Farhan? What is Kapler? Um, but the Farhan's Giants not down there in the batter in the in the <laughs> cage with them. No, right. But one of the things that's kind of underrated, but is I think a hundred percent contributing to their success is is a basic a, a massive overhaul in kind of how the Giants approach lineups because you have Posey playing two out of three days and then sitting. You have, and then you have just about everybody else massively platooning um you know you have uh Longoria's you know hitting the cover off the ball against um against lefties but he's you know pretty he's been below average against righties and so he's got a ton more at bats against lefties and against righties you know you have guys who you would not think of as platoon players you would not think of as guys who you know they want to take out of the lineup but but Farhan's doing the Moneyball, Billy Bean thing, what, what, you know, whatever, where everybody is getting more at-bats in a way that they're, that gives them the advantage and they're seeding at-bats to lesser known, you know, less prestigious players because those guys will be better in those situations. And it's working great. Well, so I suppose, I suppose that means that Kapler and his team are executing the vision of Farhan because Farhan likes to bring in players who... Uh, can play multiple positions, who are happy to play in utility roles or who are, who are well-suited to that. And so Kapler has adjusted his strategy to include that and maximize the talents of, of all the guys on his roster. Yeah, absolutely. And along with that, you're seeing a lot of like pinch hitting. You have a lot of guys who play multiple positions. You have guys who will like say Austin Slater and you might have Slater and Talkman or a few other kind of outfielders who will may not start the game, but then they'll pinch hit uh, when they have the platoon advantage and then they'll stay in for the rest of the game. So you have guys who 
um, are kind of willing to be coming in off the bench, but then often end up getting a good amount of playing time because um, there just haven't been really all that many guys who their only role is one at bat, you know, one pinch hit at bat, and then they go back to the bench. And so they're getting a lot of use out of these guys. There's no uh, late career Matt Stairs, Jim Tomey, Jason Giambi coming in to, to strike out or hit one out. Right, exactly. And part of that is that we've seen a huge amount of production from guys like Lamont Wade Jr., who I hadn't heard of before this year, um, Jason Vossler, who I hadn't heard of before this year, um, and you know even guys like Steven Duggar, who has been in the Giants system for a while, but this is by far his breakout season because, you know, again, he's just hitting the cover off the ball. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, like 80% of his, of his at bats are against righties. Although he's hitting great against lefties too. So maybe Duggar is not the best example. He's, he's got a 928 OPS against lefties and a 916 OPS against righties. He's just playing great all around. I suppose it's my fault because I said it first, but can we retire the phrase, hit the cover of the ball? <laughs> I have a great, right, we need Lamont, something new. I have a great Lamont Wade Jr. Statistic. All right. Tell me. So this is our guy who is basically filling in at first base for injured Brandon Belt, injured Darren Ruff, injured Wilmer Flores. You know, everybody went out all at once from the first base position. So he comes in his season. OPS, injured Tommy Lostella. I, I had forgotten Tommy Lastella was a San Francisco Giant at any point because it has felt like a lifetime since I've seen him hit. Lamont Way Jr.'s OPS this season is higher than Frank Robinson's career total. So wow. our, four, our fourth string first baseman is hitting better than Frank Robinson. Wow. What's he doing to the cover on the ball? He's leaving it there, but only out of politeness. <laughs> he was raised right. I mean, and Wade is a guy who, you know, he was on the Twins for a couple of years. I, like I said, I legitimately, legitimately never heard of this guy, but he's got a 927 OPS. Um, he's had, uh, of his 44 plate appearances, 38 have been against righties. So, uh, and, and can you guess what his batting average is against lefties? A thousand. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he's batting 313 against righties. So, you know what you do with somebody like that? You bat him against righties. Right. Yeah. And, but it's been a struggle to get anybody at first base. The giants don't seem willing to put Posey out there. Uh, They'd rather give him full control of the staff and extended breaks that are complete breaks, not first base. He's taking a day off because he's got four at bats and has to trot out there nine times. They're giving him full days and day and a half and two days off at a time uh, for his body to recover. And it's, it's worked. So it's working great. I mean, he's up to, you know, he's batting 333, 411, 583. Um, that's the best slugging of his entire career. I mean, that's uh, actually each of those, except for the batting average, is the best of his career. And the only time he's batted better than 333 was when he batted 336 and won the batting title and the MVP. And we don't expect him to beat all of his career totals this season and have, you know, the best Buster Posey season ever. Uh, especially you because, he's, because he's not going to play as many games as as he did in his MVP season or uh, when he was younger. Um, but I didn't think he'd ever hit double digit home runs again. Or I don't if think he, did, he ever thought he did. He would. Yeah. Or, or if he did, 10, 11, 12, it's looking like he's going to be closer in the the high teens or twenties. And 
it's just incredible. It's funny because if you look at Buster Posey's season so far, he batted 361 with an 1123 OPS in April slash March. Um, and then he cooled off in May to a 288 batting average with a 905 OPS. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, in, in June, they haven't played many games, but he's got a 412 batting average and on base. Uh, you know, he's just, he's playing great. And I mean, the war ref- reflects it. He's up to 1.8 wins above replacement on the season. Um, I haven't looked at his uh, like f- pitch framing metrics, but. Um, I And I never but, will. <laughs> but baseball reference has him as, you know, an, an average defensive catcher, which, you know, I'll take it from a guy who's our age, literally. Um, and we're old now. So that's, that's bad. <laughs> I have um, he's just far, there. far fewer gray hairs than both of you. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a silver fox. I'm going in that direction for sure. Self-proclaimed silver fox. Let's be clear. The, the only guy we, we only briefly mentioned and we need to take a minute to praise is Brandon Crawford because he's got 12 home runs. Oh my all, god! All of which happened in the most timely of manners. It seems this season. Whenever you're down two runs, he's hitting a three-run home run. When you're down one run, he's knocking out for two. It just seems to come up every single time that Crawford is the guy delivering. Yeah, so only once in his career did he bat over 20 home runs. Um, So he's well on his way to doing it again. Uh, We're about a third of the way through the season. So on pace for more than 30. Um, And yeah, he's he's just played great. And he's playing the best defense of his career. He's playing the best defense of anyone's career right now. Um, and uh, it's funny, I, I'm, I'm just looking at, uh, his, his leverage statistics on baseball reference. Um, and they split it up into low leverage, medium leverage, and high leverage when, uh, with a low, with low leverage, he's bad. He's got a 640 OPS, um, in medium leverage situations, 944 OPS. And in high leverage situations, a 1,436 OPS. Now, I hadn't seen those numbers, but my eyeballs done seen them by watching the games. So exactly your pre-show accusation of Thomas doesn't actually watch the Giants games <laughs> just got crushed by quote unquote saber metrics. So yeah, and he and he has three steals this season. I mean, it's it's been amazing. And uh yeah, two point one wins above replacement. I mean, he's having the best. I mean, I, I don't know it's probably safe to say he's on his way to the best season of his career, at least if he keeps it up. He he has had a couple five-plus wins above replacement seasons, and that, that's pretty tough to beat. But he could do it, and he's he's one of, if not the best position players on the team right now. He's going to be in the All-Star game, no? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I mean, I think Trey Turner's having a pretty good season, but like uh, Trevor Story's having a down year. Uh, Manny Machado or... Well, Fernando Tatis is, I, I think, the uh, prohibitive favorite to start the uh, to to start the game at shortstop for the NL. But Crawford's putting up a pretty good case too. All right, before we move on to pitching, I want to mention one of the statistics I found when I was digging around. I determined, or Baseball Reference determined, that Lance Berkman had a higher career OPS than Willie Mays. Did you know that Lance Berkman? was the greatest baseball player of all time. 
Yeah, but he couldn't have played for more than like 12 or 13 seasons. And Willie did it for like 24, 22 seasons, something like that, right? Correct. Uh, Lance Berkman played, I believe, far more than 12 seasons. I will, I will confirm this uh, momentarily, but... The, the main fact that I have against Lance Berkman is that he stole comeback player of the year from our boy Ryan Vogelsong. Right, right. 15 seasons for uh, Lance. He retired okay, at age 22 three. for Willie. 22 for Willie. Correct. All right. Not bad. So before, before we leave the position player discussion behind, um, there is something that is going to be looming here, which is um, Buster Posey is, his contract is over after this year. There's a there's a, an, a team option for next year with buyout. Um, Longoria is uh, under contract through next year, and then there's an option to buy out. Crawford's a free agent after this year. Belt's a free agent after this year. Um, let's just take a second to talk about that. Now, uh, I think that we're, what we're going to see is probably for Buster Posey that they're not going to do the option, but they're going to, agree to some maybe two or three year deal, two years with an option, something like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing for Crawford because guys like Joey Bart and um, uh, what's his name? Luciano, Marco Luciano, the uh, Giants shortstop prospect, they're just not ready yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep those guys around. What do you think? I agree with that. And it was the previous administration uh, of the Giants that were rewarding past performances pretty routinely when they didn't deserve uh, that kind of money going forward. You look at the contracts they gave to the first baseman that we don't name and uh, Angel Pagan and uh, Marco Scudero and guys that could never live up to those deals, uh, either due to injury or attrition from age uh, or just general stinkitude. Um, so we don't know. Uh, they could go a completely different direction. Um, they could decide to invest more fully in youth and let those guys go. It's, there's not really, uh, we don't have a nod yet to how much tradition is going to play a factor in Farhan's decision-making. You know, the Giants wanna... are very steeped in their wall of fame and forever Giants and things like that. We don't know how that's going to play out with this new front office. Fans are already uh prejudging uh Farhan as a wheeler and dealer and unemotional GM and all this thing but that hasn't really shown itself yet not in any appreciable way uh versus any other team so do you want to hear a, a list of the uh multi-year contracts that Farhan has given out as the Giants uh we keep saying GM but I think it's a VP of baseball operations I just keep saying administration like he's our president <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, I, I was trying to come up with this recently. We, we always talk about Farhan. We, we never talk about the guy who's actually the GM. Um, do you know his name? Scott. Or do you know his last name? Harris. <laughs> it is Scott Harris. You're right. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, we should give him credit, too. We don't, we don't know, you know... Uh, in our position here, who's doing what, who gets credit for these. What, what is our position here? Dan? I mean, lauding the administration. We don't know if it's Farhan. We don't know if it's Harris, et cetera. But when we say nice things about Zaidi, we should, we should acknowledge that some of those good actions may also have been done by Harris. All right. Multi-year um, deals. Are you done? Multi-year deals. Was that it? Was that it? Was there no list? <laughs> uh, Wilmer Flores, two years with an option. Jake McGee, 
two years with an option. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, guys, and I know we're going to talk about pitching next, but guys like, like Alex Woods on one, on a one-year deal, Donovan Solano's on a one-year deal. Um, Aaron Sanchez is on a one-year deal. Disclafani, one-year deal. Kevin Gosman, well, he was a he was a uh, qualifying offer, but um, yeah, Darren Ruff. I mean, all these all these role players are on one-year deals, and many of them are pretty cheap. It it sounds like Farhan had some plans for one to two years from now with the option of a third year. So uh, I'm not sure which superstar players he's looking to bring in or what kind of budget the Giants are going to have to facilitate that. But it's looking like that would be the play, Uh, build up the depth from within, get some of the young players experience and good and get them in the lineup and then supplement with um, free agent signings. So we'll see. Yeah. So let's talk about pitching the uh, the the cornerstone of the team this year, the throwing part of the game. So, yeah, we saw a whole bunch of uh, rotation arms uh, join join the team this year. Um, Kevin Gossman came back, like I said, on a qualifying offer. Anthony DiSquifani, um, Aaron Sanchez, Alex Wood. Um, Johnny Cueto's back and healthy, or on and off healthy. And, uh, and then some of the weirder moves, like bringing Scott Casimir out of retirement. Maybe he wasn't retired. I don't actually know. Maybe he's newly retired after he's been let go this time. Um, but none of what I said would lead you to believe that it's one of the best rotations in baseball, but it is. Yeah, 3-3 three, three ERA is the staff. That's fifth in Major League Baseball. Three of the top five ERAs in baseball belong to teams in the National League West. We can pitch. We, we can pitch. We can starting pitch. We cannot relieving pitch. I actually want to push back on that just a little bit. The bullpen has not been phenomenal, but they are not bottom of the barrel in Major League Baseball. They're not even in the bottom 10 in a lot of the categories. For example, they're third in bullpen whip in all of Major League Baseball which is a good indicator of success. Um, They've blown a significant number of games. They've given up more than 30 home runs. Those things are bad. Um, But overall, statistically, they're not that bad. Yeah, and and that's true. Um, I do think that it's, uh, that's the function of the last few weeks. Um, The, the, anecdotally, it feels like the bullpen has been significantly better in the last couple of weeks than they were before that. I mean, we've seen some guys, we've seen a lot of movement in the bullpen. Um, like Zach Littell has been up and he's doing great. Um, Connor Menez came up a couple of days ago and he's been really good. Berigar has um, been good all season. Berigar has been good all season. Um, and, you know, having those guys, uh, having those guys in the bullpen has really helped kind of solidify things too. Um and one of the biggest things was that Tyler Rogers is the unofficial, but come on, official closer now. And uh, he's been lights out. He's got a one five two ERA. He's got eight saves. Um, I believe he has more than eight saves. Uh, you can believe what you want, but you're wrong. Um, and he, he's only got 15. His FIP is never going to look quite as good because he – he doesn't have gaudy strikeout numbers, but he's got a sub one whip, which is incredible. Um, he does not give up home runs. He's got 0.6 home runs per nine. Um, but yeah, 4.6 strikeouts per nine, 
hilarious. Um, there was a really good piece in, I want to say, The Athletic about Tyler Rogers recently, which I would recommend everybody go read, uh, just talking about the life of a submariner and the the rising slider or rising curveball that he throws um, and how he's made an effort to pitch to contact and pitch to weak contact and basically not try to get strikeouts these days. It's a really good piece, and I highly recommend you read it because one of the things that has always been um, kind of fabled in, in for pitchers is the, the whole rising fastball. And we saw that we saw it for uh, um, we, it was something that we heard about for Matt Cain too, but it was, uh, but Rogers really does have one and it's really interesting. And um, yeah, so back our friend Andrew Baggerly wrote a piece on May 30th in the athletic Giants reliever Tyler Rogers throws a pitch that defies gravity or does it? It's a very good piece. I wrote an article about the submariners, but that was just a gaggle of my friends who ate a bunch of sandwiches all in a row. <laughs> oh, Thomas. Um, yeah, it was, that, so- it, was the, it was that or a navy beans joke. I didn't really know where to go. <laughs> just so you see my alts. You always have to go somewhere, though. Uh, unfortunately, like you mentioned, Caleb, Caleb Berenger has been on, is on the IL. But yeah, Zach Littell has been great, you know, and also just uh, um, as we've talked about on this podcast before, you know, it's not always having uh, whenever there's an injury, whenever somebody can't pitch, it's always it's not just about that guy. It's that everyone moves up a slot and everyone moves into higher leverage situations. And and that just gets really hard to handle. And, uh, you know, basically ever since Jake McGee hasn't been closing games anymore, they've been able to use him in other situations, move, you know, and, and have a slightly less torturous uh, ninth innings. The worst thing that ever happened to relief pitchers is Twitter. Just the reaction they get when they come out to pitch, no matter what happens or uh, what's been happening lately or uh, what the results are. They're just going to get lambasted. The manager's going to get lambasted for making the quote unquote wrong move. The reliever is going to get, uh, a bunch of crap with a single walk because relievers apparently aren't allowed to walk anybody. That's a starting pitcher thing to do. Um, so if you read Twitter, the Giants have the worst bullpen in the league. If you in talk to anyone, the league. if you talk to anybody who roots for another team, for example, I, I texted my Angels fan buddy, like, "Hey, Giants are really good, but watch out the bullpen." He goes, "Dude, you haven't even seen our bullpen." <laughs> I was like, oh, man, Twitter has made me feel differently about this team than the statistics have shown. So, Yeah, I mean, that's something that always bothers me on Twitter and is people saying like, oh, Kapler, can't believe Kapler put in this guy and then he blew the save. And it's like, they're all bad. Like, <laughs> you know, Tyler Rogers can't pitch every day. Caleb Berrigar tried to pitch every day. That's why he's hurt, um, you know, and obviously these are all fantastic pitchers and they've all shown really good things at certain times, but sometimes you get into a funk where every pitcher is pitching poorly. And then it's like, that's not, that's just not the the manager's fault. Like what's he supposed to do? He can't go out and pitch himself. Yeah. Use Mara Petit not walking through that door. Right. If every reliever in your bullpen is having a bad month, then it, it's not, it doesn't matter who you, who you pick. Correct. Um, but yeah, we just saw Camilo Duvall uh, get elevated back to the majors. Um, 
He's a guy who, if he puts it together, could be great. Right now, he's sitting at a 759 ERA. But, you know, he's gotten unlucky. He only has a 755 FIP. So, you know, maybe he can turn this around. Now, he went down due to ineffectiveness, not the neck injury he sustained watching the ball go over the fence over and over again. He throws real hard. And if he can uh, throw it into the right place at the right time, then he'll be very good. That was something I was listening. I think I think our friend Alex Pavlovich was talking about how relievers who throw hard get more chances because, you know, oh, well, they at least throw hard. A guy comes up and throws, you know, junk or mid to high 80s like Tyler Rogers does, and they don't get as many looks because they don't have the what's perceived as the raw talent of somebody who uh, has severe upside because they throw uh, three digits. Especially in this day and age, and that's something that – our um, broadcasters talk about a lot is, you know, uh, somebody who throws 95 uh, a few years ago, that might've been amazing. And now it's kind of par for the course. You, you kind of have to do that unless you're just a, yeah, unless you have some gimmick. I mean, and I don't mean gimmick in a bad way, but unless there's something that makes the pitcher really effective in a way, you know, for some other reason, like Rogers who, you know, throws underhand and, um, oh, and that, that was one of the other uh, interesting parts about Baggerly's piece about Rodgers is, is that he compared him also to knuckleballers because he throws really, really, uh, really soft that um, he can throw every day. He, he can throw a ton of pitches because he will not get tired. Uh, you know, that was something you always heard about with like R.A. Dickey and he'd have these gaudy like 100 plus, plus, plus pitch games, but nobody was really worried because he was throwing about as hard as you or I would throw. Oh, I haven't thrown a baseball in a very long time. I actually just signed up for a softball rec league. So I need to learn how to play. You still will not have thrown a baseball for a very long time. That's true. Uh, But yeah, but enough about the bullpen. Let's talk about the rotation, which is playing out of its mind. Kevin Gosman with a 1.27 ERA and 7-0, basically in line to start the All-Star game unless it's Jacob deGrom. So it's going to be Jacob deGrom, but... Um, Gosman is one of the very, very best pitchers in the league right now. Um, and then a bunch of guys sitting in the mid threes, but again, these are, these were basically scrap heap guys. Uh, Di Scofani with a 351 ERA, Alex Wood with a 348, um, Logan Webb, who had kind of been chalked up as a lost cause, 386, Johnny Cueto, 370, Aaron Sanchez, 318 ERA. Um, these guys are all playing really well and keeping the team in every game pretty much. Right, and they're still hoping to get Tyler Beattie back at some point. I haven't heard too much about how his rehab is going, but um, part of the Giants' future rotation plans are at least to add depth to the starting rotation. You can correct me if I'm uh, wrong about any of that. but um, No, that's my understanding. I think he's part of their plans for this season. Yeah, when you, when you have your two through five, all with sub four ERAs, you have a great pitching staff. You know, you don't have to have all-star Pedro Martinez, 1999 level pitching numbers like like uh, DeGrom and, and Gossman have this season to put together a, a good pitching staff. You just need consistency, which is what the starting rotation has given the Giants the whole season. Yeah, and some of these guys, um, I think the theme for this season is post-hype sleeper. Um, because guys like Alex Wood were 
was a hot prospect. Wood was a hot prospect. Scafani was a hot prospect. Aaron Sanchez was a hot prospect. All these guys came up. You know, they maybe had one or two good seasons. Uh, in Wood's case, he got hurt. Um, in Sanchez's case, he got hurt. I think in uh, Scafani's case, he probably got hurt. Gosman was a very was a you know top ten prospect. He got hurt. Um, and these guys have, in many cases, a really excellent pedigree, but for whatever reason, they weren't able to put it together. They weren't able to say on the field, whatever it was, but here they are kind of trying to reclaim their, their careers and whatever it is about the giants, the coaching staff, the ballpark, you name it. Um, the secret sauce is in San Francisco and they're able to do it. I mean, you look at Alex Wood, um, he had a 639 ERA last year in 12 and two-thirds innings. If, if you combine 2019 and 2020, he pitched a total of 48 innings. So he was hurt. He's been hurt a lot. Um, and those innings were were not very not very good. Anthony Scafani, um was hurt a lot. He missed all of 2017. He pitched a mostly full season in 2019, but then in 2020 only pitched 33 innings with a 7.22 ERA. Um, only made seven starts. So um, that you know, these are reclamation projects, and I don't know what it is, but they're able to turn it around. I mean, and, and a lot of that credit should go to Andrew Bailey. And keep them coming, Mr. Bailey. We are happy to reclaim more and more pitchers from other teams that did not work out. Did you ever hang out with Andrew Bailey in your early A's days? No, Bailey was not on any of the minor league squads that I I was around in 01 to 04, whatever those years were that I was there. Okay. The only the only person still around from those squads is Nelson Cruz, who won't die ever. He's playing great. He's why is it, He's immortal. Why didn't we sign him? We could put him at first. We still can. He's actually immortal. So he'll be in the league <laughs> for 20 to 30, 40 more years until uh, he finally has enough money to decide to die. Okay. Andrew Bailey was drafted in Ot 5. Yeah, that's when I got out of the game. Um, he's from Voorhees, New Jersey. So... He's lucky not to have been murdered uh, by uh, a Friday, not Friday the 13th. What's the other one? Nightmare. Uh, no, Nightmare. That's the same thing. No, it is Friday the 13th. Is that the, no, that's Freddy. No, Nightmare, no, Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy. Friday the 13th is Jason. Oh, I'm bad at horror movies. I'm yeah. actually ter- terrified of them. So, Well, that's, that's good. Then they're doing their job. Yeah, Jason Voorhees is, uh, is the villain in Friday the 13th, except the first one. Uh, Lark Voorhees, uh, Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. Nobody knows Mrs. Voorhees' first name. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, the the pitching rotation is great. The bullpen is coming together. The offense is is doing really well. And where where the Giants are sitting right now is first place, two game lead over the Padres, three game lead over the Dodgers, and yet we can't seem to get higher than top five in any of the power rankings. Does that annoy you? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Because the power rankings, it turns out, have nothing to do with who qualifies for the postseason. Uh, I had to look that up before we started the show. But uh, random writers' power rankings, yeah, do in fact not 
contribute to. It's not the BCS here uh, where the coaches poll and the writers poll matter. So not really that concerned about it. Yeah. I feel like as soon as the uh, kind of national media acknowledges that the Giants are good is the day that they're going to no longer be good. You seem like the kind of guy who opens the power rankings and then hits control F and types giants to see where they are first so that you can post about it online before you even read the rest of the rankings. Yeah. Is this the first time we've met? (laughs) (laughs) At least now Twitter tells you, would you like to read the article first before, you know, uh... I read an article or at least I skimmed an article about that, (laughs) about, um, Twitter is claiming that it's uh, that that function has led to significantly fewer retweets or people at least reading the article first. Well, it just means there's worse and worse articles out there. Yeah. Great, great headlines, bad articles. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just looking forward. um, Hopefully we're going to get Brandon Belt and or Darren Ruff back soon. Um, this is also Brandon Belt's last season. It, of of all the uh, the stars coming off the books this year, who do you think is the least likely to come back? And why is it Brandon Belt? It has to be, doesn't it? It just feels right. It just feels like we're going to look wistfully at, at him and another team's jersey while all the, and, and lean in close if you have to hear this part, all of the morons who have not liked Brandon Belt or rooted for Brandon Belt or thought he was a good player his entire career despite being an above average first baseman, his whole career are going to be giddy. I don't know who they think is going to play first base going forward, but they're going to like him more than they like Brandon Belt. And whoever it is, is probably going to do a worse job. Brandon Belt is good at baseball. No, and let me be clear that when I said that, I I meant that uh, not because I think he should no longer be on the team, but just uh, making a prediction. Um, but the fact is that who who's the, the Giants prospect who's going to unseat him? That's what I just don't see. I mean, you hear about um, you hear about Joey Bard, obviously, and guys like Marco Luciano, who are you know playing amazingly well. But um, is there a first base prospect out there that we think is you know that people are clamoring to see in San Francisco? Not that I can think of. Putting you on the Um, spot here. No, I mean, honestly, what Brandon Belt should do is shave his beard, change his name, and change his body language, and they'll never notice. Hi, everyone. I'm Brett Pill. (laughs) That's a little on the nose. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm trying to actually just look at Giants first baseman, first base prospects. His his name would be Brant Lozenge. Johnny suspenders. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I hope that they keep him around too, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. I'm pulling up the, this, this is really fascinating radio. I'm pulling up the giants, um, triple a, uh, Sacramento river cats roster. Let's see who they even have at first base. Um, Justin Bohr is a uh, former major leaguer. Uh, Jason Crison, who I've not heard of, Joe McCarthy, former senator, and Wisconsin, uh, and Jason Vossler, who's in the majors now, actually. Um, although Vossler is listed at basically every position, I just don't think that there's a prospect who's going to unseat him. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they bring him back for another year, another you know maybe two. 
Well, I wouldn't be surprised, but of the list you gave me, that was the one that that just felt felt right. Um, also, they could let Brandon Belt go and sign somebody. There are free agents every season, and we can, uh, towards the end of the season here, if we do continue recording this podcast, uh, we're in 2017, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I was told that signing free agents was not something that we did. Well, it's going to be an interesting month. I'm looking looking ahead here at the schedule, and we've got another weird two-game set against the Rangers, four visiting the Nationals, and then the Giants don't have to leave California for the remainder of June. The 14th through the 29th, they have either uh, a homestand or some brief stints in Los Angeles uh, before they head to Arizona to start off July. So they're going to be a lot on the West Coast. There's not going to be a lot of travel. They'll be able to get their rotations together uh, and get some guys rested. So this could be a good month. Yeah. And, you know, any team can win any game, obviously, but the Rangers are not having a great season. The Nationals not having a great season. The D-backs not having a great season, to put it mildly. Um, I think the Phillies are also not having a great season, but I feel like they're more competitive than those other teams. Um, Angels not having a great season. See if you can uh, identify a trend here. And then the A's are pretty much the first good team that the Giants are going to play. And that's not for another two and a half weeks. Yeah, so the Giants, you know, us willing, uh, could put a nice little lead, put some distance between themselves and the Padres and Dodgers, which I think is necessary because uh, when you stack it all up, both of those teams are, are more talented than the San Francisco Giants. So over the course of a long season, you'd expect them to outperform the Giants. But... Um, that's why they play the games. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, do you have any predictions? Uh, so let's say if we're going to try to do another pod next weekend, the Giants are going to play six games, two against the Rangers, two, uh, four against the Nationals. Do you have a prediction? I'm going to say three and three because they're road games. The Giants haven't been fantastic on the road. Uh, so I, I think even a split on the road would be mildly successful. All right. Uh, I'll say four and two. I'll be a little more optimistic as, as, as is my role in this relationship. Um, and we have an exciting guest coming up. Should we talk about this? Uh, it's your dad. It's my dad, Bill Zarchi, uh, who, who recently wrote a novel that in which the Giants factor heavily. Um, yeah, we, we, won't, we won't tease any more than that. Come back, listen to us talk with a, an acclaimed author of fiction and nonfiction. Star uh, of, of screen and stage, is that yeah, how they say Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll, talk to him, we'll talk to him about his amazing career and his ideas and why he wanted to write a book and um, why about the San Francisco Giants and baseball in general. I'm really excited to talk about it because I read the freaking book. Yeah, me too. It's the only time we did it. It was, it was that and then the, the book about uh, milk or whatever that we don't talk about that author anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we do have one more thing we want to address before we go. Today is a pretty sad day to be uh, part of the Giants family and in the Giants community because we got news today that uh, Dwayne Kuyper's uh, going to be stepping away for a little bit of uh, this season, a little more than he was anticipating because he uh, has a diagnosis. We do not know what it is. It was not publicly disclosed in the message today, but uh, he will be requiring chemotherapy. So, uh, means it's very serious, and uh, we wish uh, Dwayne Kuyper and his family 
we, we know Cole Kuiper uh, from our interactions online and, uh, you know, just being in the Giants community and we wish them uh, the best and uh, continued health and to fight this as hard as they can because Dwayne Kuiper is just one of our favorite people. Yeah, you really, you really don't, you can't really overstate how, uh, how important and beloved of a role Dwayne Kuiper has had in our lives over the last entire time watching baseball, which has been my whole life. Um, and Kuiper has been, Kuiper has been pivotal to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, his, uh, his announcement said, um, that he will be missing a few more broad giants broadcasts. We don't know exactly what that means. I mean, I, I think some of us noticed that Javi was on the broadcast more, um, and Sean Estes was doing some play by play, um, or, or some, some color or no, some play by play. Um, and, um, yeah, so we don't know exactly what that means, but, but we love Kuiper much love to him. Anybody, I think we've all, again, we don't know the diagnosis, but we've all, had people in our lives affected by the C word here and, uh, um, and chemotherapy is no joke. So much love to him and to Cole and to the whole Kuiper family. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll all be, we'll, we'll all be rooting for him. Yeah. And we, and we've talked about this, how lucky we are to have the greatest announcing team in probably any sport, uh, be the two announcing teams that the giants have. And, uh, with three of those, gentlemen being uh, over 65, you know, it, there's going to come a time when we're not going to have any of those guys anymore. And I don't see any way that they won't be just incredibly missed. I don't see how a, a Giants game will ever feel the same again. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, not ready. Yeah, no, and, and we're never going to be ready is the problem. Uh, you know, the, the Dodgers had to go through this with uh, Ben Scully, and he finally stepped down. And um, we're, it's going to be a tough process, but like you said, we, we, we know about these people on a personal level because we live in an era where we get to hear them on podcasts and we get to read articles about them and they, they're more public figures than they were, you know, say 40, 50 years ago, uh, broadcasters are. So I enjoy hearing Dwayne's unfiltered takes on, on Cole and Alex's podcast. And anytime someone writes an article about him or Kruko or both of them together, it's, it's a must read and they're just fascinating guys. And, um, if we ever are, are one iota of the baseball commenters that they are, we'll be very lucky. So. Yeah. I mean, and while we're on the subject, um, uh, Kruko's health has been also a subject for the last few years. He's been very open about his uh, degenerative leg, a degenerative nerve issue that affects his legs and, you know, traveling less, um, traveling less to games. Obviously that's less of an issue in the uh, pandemic times, but um, we've been lucky at least to the extent that we know that it's not affecting his, um, his outlook, just his, uh, mobility, which is of course still a, a very important thing, but, um, yeah, um, we, we love Kruk and Kipe. We love them so much. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just all our love to, to both of them and, and, uh, you know, continued health. Yeah. And I, I hate to have to end on that kind of note, but that's our show. Um, you can follow Danny on Twitter at Giants Pod. I'm there. But please at don't. Giants Todd. Yeah, you don't have to listen to any things we say. Um, I've actually been getting blowback from my uh, film critic friends. I've been ingratiating myself into film Twitter. 
and uh, I got some blowback recently about my number of sports retweets, and uh, I'll be addressing <laughs> that. I'll be addressing that in a public forum uh, here in the future. But as I try to balance those two aspects of my life, at least you're not one of those baseball fans who also tweets nonstop about uh, professional wrestling, which is a, a whole nother contingent of the online crew that I would like to not exist. Are we bringing up my entire slate of 2021 controversies on Twitter <laughs> right now? Do we have to do that at the end of the show? We don't have time for that. All right. He's Thomas Todd. I'm Danny Zarchi. We're Giants, Giants. fans. Go Thank Giants. you for listening. Go Giants. We haven't done that. Go Giants. Say one, two, three. Go, go Giants. Giants.